Hi, my name is Kenneth Fuller, and this is Missions Minded, the podcast in which we talk about different areas of the Christian walk and how to be missions minded. So this week, I was reading the book Christ Alone, The Uniqueness of the Gospel and its impact on the world by the Masters Academy International. And this chapter was on pragmatism and the harmful effects of Western missionology. And it was very, very striking to me, this chapter in (coughs) just the harmfulness of it. In the conclusion, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, is there? there's six different points that the author in this chapter, who is Igor Bodum from, the, from a seminary in Ukraine, he wrote on this chapter. This book is compiled of, of different authors from different seminaries around the world. And specifically, he's talking about the poisonous pragmatism. And growing up in the U.S., growing up with a Western mindset, this was just very striking. And also growing up in cross-cultural interactions and now living in Honduras, I really see this, especially when uh, sometimes others visit. The U.S. really does have what what we call uh, an American pride. Now, the American pride for your country is something very, very beautiful. And to now living in a, another country have some pride of, of being a resident of that country, never really losing my pride for my country. And it's a desire that I believe the Lord has even given us to... Uh, Love love the country that we've been raised in, love its culture. And I think that can even translate over to we are citizens of Christ as well. And there's a, a pride of, <coughs> of being the children of God and helping and supporting the nation and the kingdom. That would be... Of Christ, but also on the human level, that's still within us as far as where we were raised in the uh, nation we grew up in, the country we grew up in. There's still some pride. All right, so I see that a lot. I didn't see it growing up, but I see it now, especially living in another country and seeing not only my pride, but seeing other Americans when they come, going, "Oh, there is a there is an American pride of Americans feel like we can do things better." Um, but also with that, and I know that's a rabbit trail on, on pragmatism, but with that of being prideful for your nation and your works, what you do, there's a sense of, okay, well, we got to look at, we got to make it look like we do things best. And that's where I'm going to segue into pragmatism. That being in the definition the dictionary definition of pragmatism is an approach 
that evaluates theories or beliefs in terms of the success of their practical application. So that's something that, I mean, we all measure success. We, we, we measure it. Are we doing well? Are we doing bad? This is this working? Is it not working? And oftentimes we measure it by numbers. Uh, so in that, especially with missions, you're counting numbers. You're counting, oh, this many people were saved. This many people came to church. This many people came to this Bible study. So you're counting your progress or you're measuring progress because that's what's built in us is to <coughs> manage or to look at success and to manage our progress. What do we have to do? And a lot of times we do that by numbers because it's very, very easy to do that by numbers, especially when you're standing in the pulpit or you're looking at the, at <coughs> you're, you're counting the chairs that you have to get out, getting ready for whatever program you're looking at numbers and numbers usually are synced with how well the program is doing. But that's where pragmatism comes in and going, are we just focused? And the question becomes, are we just focused on numbers? If we're focused on numbers, we're not focused on what the depth of the material is. Now we can be, but most of the time that's not the case. And kind of the to combat pragmatism, I look at it as quality over quantity. If you have quality, your numbers will grow because it's the truth and it's also pure. People want gold and want fine gold because it's something that's pure. Who's gold or false gold? Yeah, you can find it. It's easy, but it's fake. So in this book, the six, the six points he goes through that you can evaluate different programs from are first, the state of the church. I find that very, very, very important and very wise in noting that one first. And you, if you're thinking about programs or you're thinking about missions, especially, the question is, are you involving the local church? Now, if it's short-term missions or overseas missions, now the question becomes, are you involving your local church in this U.S. that's sending you? And are you involving a local church in the community that you're going to serve? Because let's be honest, short-term missions are usually only about a week to two weeks, max, sometimes longer. What kind of effect are you going to have on somebody's life in a week or two weeks? Granted, that might be a lot. And you might change the life of somebody, but then you're going to leave and where's the mentorship? You need somebody on the grounds for mentorship. And that's the local church. So first looking at the state of the local church. Is the state of the church that you're, that you're being sent from, is it solid? Is it... Does it have a right missions mindset? And then number two, are you going to serve with a local church that is solid? <laughs> or are you helping that church grow and become solid so that you can better serve the communities? If you're doing evangelism just in a town and, and, and in a small village and there's no solid church, great. Somebody becomes a believer and then you just left and 
okay, now what? They're looking for a good church, and maybe there isn't one, or you didn't point them in a in a point them to a good church, and they end up somewhere with bad doctrine that they think is right. So it's really, really important to focus on the state of the church. Secondly, um, he says the love of Christ is our motivation. Okay, so what does that mean? It's very, very easy to understand that the love of Christ as our motivation, that should be our motivation is the love of Christ. But what's the application of that? My question would be then to ask somebody, why do you want to go on a mission trip? Is it because you want to get away, you have free time, it's a great vacation, and you're serving the Lord? Or is your motivation to serve others and to display the love of Christ? <coughs> it's very, very easy to get caught up in what I call the camp high, and a lot of people have called it the camp high of, let's go to camp, let's get the camp high, we're going to uh, we're gonna have fun, we're going to liberate Christ. The motivation usually about going to a camp is not Christ motivated. It's to go have fun with a bunch of other people. Granite camps are used great for evangelism because you're bringing a bunch of people to a place to have fun, but you're also making them listen to God's word and the Holy Spirit can do marvelous things during those times. But I ask the question, is a short-term missions group, and I'm kind of focusing on this, on short-term missions, or even programs, You programs within a church within the U.S., is the motivation centered around the love of Christ, or is the motivation centered around getting people in the door? If... Now, it may be getting people in the door, getting youth in the door so that they hear God's word, and it can be designed in such a way that, great, we're going to have, uh, there's a church I know in the in the States that every Sunday afternoon they had volleyball, and it was a great time. They brought people from the community to just play volleyball, and they, through that, I'll call it a program, through that event that program or that event of we're just going to have fun. They ended up being able to invite people to church, interacting with other people, other unbelievers that they wouldn't have been able to interact with before because of that program. Now, their focus is to have fun playing a game of, of volleyball, but through that, they're also displaying the love of Christ of interacting together as brothers and sisters in Christ and showing Christ to other unbelievers in their actions in everyday life, which creates an opportunity for them to display Christ. Now, that's a situation of a program in the U.S. kind of switching to short-term missions. Short-term missions, my question is, that the pla- is that the place for that? Is that the place to get people to come and come on the missions trip and use it for evangelism within the within the group 
that's coming and maybe do evangelism while they're here. Each church has to make that philosophical decision on how they're going to uh, use missions. But it really is, it comes down to asking the question, are you doing it to show the love of Christ or is the love of Christ your motivation? And then you also have to think in the people that you're going to serve, in the context in which you're doing it. Is this the right context to um, use the motivation or am I applying, oh, I'm doing this for the love of Christ and that's my motivation. Am I applying that to the right context? Am I using the right thing to use to the right context? I'm not going to say yes or no on on either thing. And I know I might sound that, hey, short-term missions might not be the place for that, but it also might. In bringing, looking at, uh, say, you can only bring 15 people and 20 people sign up, you're looking at certain people and going, well, this person, we don't know them that well. They've, this, <coughs> we don't know if they've, um, they're strong believers. It might be a time to kind of evangelize or this person has a good friend that wants to experience missions. They might not be a believer, but they have a good they have a good heart. The majority of us going are focused on on Christ and have this motivation. It might be a time to use what we're doing and we to show the love of Christ as our motivation in the context and the people we're going to serve and within the group there's a few that we're also going to be doing that with this is a time in which we can push out distractions and get to know them better at a deeper personal level my point is the love of christ as our motivation is something that churches need to be thinking about within all their programs and especially missions not just overseas missions, but missions next door as well. Thirdly, the deepening of the spiritual life. This is crucial and it kind of goes to what I've been talking about, is there needs to be growth, evidential growth, and this comes down to, this comes back to quality over quantity. Is there a deepening of spiritual life? Are people growing within the program? Are your numbers growing or are the people's spiritual lives growing? That's the measurement. So number three is showing the measurement. <coughs> are people growing? Uh, one of my professors used to always say, are you better spiritually now than you were six months prior? If you see yourself advancing, number one, or number two, from a leadership perspective, you see others that are advancing in Christ, your program is doing the, let me phrase it this way is the best way to phrase it is the Lord is using your program to change lives. And that's the point. Fourth, the power of believing prayer. We can't forget prayer. That is one of the most important things is prayer. And not just, okay, I need to pray, but power, the power of believing prayer. So really 
giving your prayer life over to Christ and diving deep into his word because it is marvelous in what the Lord can do with prayer. Fifth, the power of the Holy Spirit. Definitely, we have to remind ourselves that it is not us that actively do the work. And it is us that change people's lives. But we are merely vessels that the Holy Spirit uses to change the lives of others. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit that that is doing the heavy lifting. By God's grace, he uses us to fulfill his, his work. And... The Holy Spirit can use us in marvelous ways. So never forgetting that it is the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, godly leadership. That is now looking at the human aspect of (coughs) those leading programs, leading groups, leading evangelism. Um, There needs to be godly leadership. That doesn't mean they're going to be perfect leaders. That means they need to be grounded in God's word, have a firm foundation, solid believers, and are practicing God's word in their leadership. And if you see that, I really believe in following these six things and in evaluating programs or short-term missions groups or evangelistic groups, whatever have you, Following these six steps or evaluating every once in a while, even internally, is the is the church uh, a main focus? Is God's love your motivation? Is there a deepening and growth of, of your spiritual life? Are you praying, remembering that the Holy Spirit is is in is great and works? And is really the person that that changes lives. And is there godly leadership? Following those things really is what ensures that a program is there not to just get numbers, but build and edify those that are there and those that the program is serving to grow more Christ. Well, that is all for Missions Minded today. I am Kenneth Fuller, signing off. Have a blessed day.